You're listening to a Soulfire Productions podcast. Welcome to Wellness Realness, where we get very real about all things health and wellness, physical, mental, financial, and spiritual. I'm your host, Christina Rice, a nutritional therapy practitioner and energy healer turned holistic business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. And I'm here to help you up-level every aspect of your life. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You can find an endless amount of content from me and join my online membership at christinaricewellness.com. And if you want exclusive behind-the-scenes content and my most unfiltered self, DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to Wellness Realness Crew on Instagram and request to follow my super secret account. You can also join the Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe Facebook group to hang out with other listeners in the crew. Get ready for some wellness realness. It's interesting to me how so many people who have chronic illness or even just study this have a very similar path. And that is starting off, you know, either eating somewhat healthy or not really caring much about their bodies to then getting sick and then diving into nutrition and geeking out over all things nutrition, wellness, getting really into fitness, just becoming very, quote, healthy or what we think is healthy, eating a squeaky clean whole foods based diet and taking all the supplements and things are still not going the way we want them to or sometimes even get worse. And then you get so frustrated because you feel like you're doing everything right and What's going on? Why is my body rebelling against me when I'm doing everything right? But then you have to kind of surrender and you reach the realization that it's not just about the food or the supplements or if I get 10,000 steps in a day, there's a lot more underneath the surface that I really have to dig into if I want to get better. And that is what I experienced. And today's guest is the perfect example of that same trajectory. Today's guest is Sean Miner, who many of you may know. She has been on Straight Up Paleo podcast and I was a guest on her podcast. She is the host of the Unstuck podcast, which I highly, highly recommend. And Sean is a nutritional therapy practitioner. She is a mindset expert, an online educator, an entrepreneur. Sean and I have known each other for a while now, and I think it's been really interesting for us to reflect on how similar our health journeys have been. I definitely recommend listening to her episode on Straight Up Paleo Podcast, where she talks a lot about kind of the first part of her story. We discussed how she overcame her autoimmune disease and her struggle with repairing her body and body image after being in the world of physique competitions. There's a lot, a lot of great info in that episode. And in today's show, I wanted to focus more on everything that happened after that that interview. So we talked a lot about her recovery from mold illness, how she went from being a keto nutritionist to a mindset coach and why she made that shift and pivot with business and just in her life, how she came to understand the power of her mindset. And that's something that Sean and I love to talk about and we have in common is we're just so passionate about 
helping people understand that their mindset can completely change their, their lives. It's not just about, you know, the way you look at things, but your physical health too. That can also change if when you change your mindset. So she has a lot of amazing wisdom to share. You guys are going to get a ton out of this episode, no matter who you are. There are some golden nuggets about raising your frequency. And this is something that everybody needs, especially now. And if you're somebody who has struggled with any type of long-term health issue or symptom, and you feel like you've tried everything, things just aren't sticking, things aren't working, I highly recommend doing doing this underlying work that Shauna's going to talk more about because it will change change the game for you. And you can always find more from Sean at seanminer.com and also on Instagram at seanminer. She is seriously the best. Please go follow her, say hi. I know she would love to connect with you and also listen to my episode on her podcast, The Unstuck Podcast. For now, though, kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Sean Miner. Many of you might know that one of my 2020 goals was consuming collagen consistently this year because I feel my best when I do. I notice that my hair grows faster, it's stronger, my nails are much stronger and they also grow faster, my skin looks better, my recovery is better from workouts, my joints aren't as achy, sometimes I get that because of my autoimmune symptoms, and I see huge improvements with my gut health. Collagen is incredible for gut health and digestion. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you guys about my current favorite collagen, which is from Further Food. This is a company that I first found a few years ago when I was living in LA. I actually first tried their collagen when I was in college and fell in love with it. Further Food is a mission-driven, women-owned supplement company that creates the highest quality real food-based supplements out there to further your health naturally. You know I love to support women-owned businesses and Further Food really aligns with my values. They're all about modern nutrition rooted in ancient remedies. They create products that work for everybody. They're free from gluten, soy, sugar, dairy. They're keto and paleo. And they are setting a new standard for purity. There are so many collagen supplements out there on the market, but the quality of Further Food just sets them apart. They source their collagen peptides from grass-fed, pasture-raised cattle that feed on organic grass on their farms in South America, and their marine collagen peptides are sourced from the skin of wild-caught North Atlantic codfish off the coast of Canada. Everything is sustainably sourced, tasteless, and dissolves really easily. Their chocolate and vanilla collagen peptides are the only flavored collagen peptides on the market that don't have any additives or fillers, and they are so delicious. Their chocolate collagen has reishi mushroom for its immune-boosting benefits, and their vanilla collagen has tremella mushroom, which is great for supporting the hydration of your skin. So whether you want flavorless collagen peptides or chocolate or vanilla-flavored, side note, their chocolate can be mixed with water or nut milk, and it makes a delicious hot chocolate drink. Pro tip, they have an option for you. And you can also head to their website and find some of their other amazing superfood supplements and products like their matcha, their turmeric tonic and their ashwagandha. So if you want to get your hands on the highest quality collagen out there on the market, just go to furtherfood.com and you can use my code wellness for 10% off. Again, that's furtherfood.com, F-U-R-T-H-E-R-F-O-O-D.com and use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 10% off any products on their website. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've been so excited to chat with you since we had such an amazing 
conversation on your podcast a few weeks ago. I know. And it's like round two here. I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) And it's like building off of when I had interviewed you for Straight Up Paleo with Kara, Mm -hmm. which that was a great conversation too. So if anyone hasn't listened to that, they should, you guys should definitely tune into that episode because Sean shares a lot about her history, Mm -hmm. um, which I mean, hopefully we can go beyond that too. I want to just keep building the story, but yeah, there's more of the story these days. (laughs) There's so much more, right? So, but I mean, for anyone who's not familiar with you, why don't you just tell my audience a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah. So I am a nutritional therapy practitioner and I'm also a mindset coach. Um, I, you, you know, as I think most practitioners have the similar story of it all started with my own health issues. And for me, that was back in 2008 when I was diagnosed with my first autoimmune disease, ulcerative colitis. And, you know, at the time I just like did what the doctor told me and I took the medications and did what I was supposed to do. And it didn't really do a whole lot. And finally, I just got to a point where it was like, there's got to be something more here. Like, I'm just, I'm not comfortable with this. And of course the doctor's like, no, don't change your diet. It has nothing to do with that. And then the same exact night, I just happened to turn to Dr. Google and find a whole bunch of people and stories that were able to put their autoimmune diseases into remission with their diet. (laughs) So, you know, that next day I swept out the pantry and all my cupboards and on my fridge and started on a different, um, I guess, food lifestyle. And it changed so much for me. And then of course, as it starts working for us, we want to share it with everybody. (laughs) So then I went to um, Nutritional Therapy Association and got my certification to be a nutritionist and did that for, and still do, uh, that was, I guess, six years ago now. And it's been wonderful along that path. I mean, so many things change. Like you just learn so much, not only from yourself, but from working with, you know, all your clients, you learn so much along the way. And so since then, it's just been this like whirlwind of things just progressing and changing in my own life and then in what I teach my clients. So for me, it got to a point where I was a nutritionist and doing all of this stuff. And then I started feeling terrible. Like all I was like feeling good on top of the world. And all of a sudden it all came crashing down again with all of these very random symptoms. And of course I was eating what I was, you know, quote unquote, supposed to be eating Uh, working out how I was supposed to be working out, doing all of the things that I thought were right. And my health was just declining. And, you know, long story short, come to find out it was a chronic inflammatory response syndrome due to being exposed to toxic mold and living in a moldy home uh, that was just like wreaking havoc on my body and making no sense whatsoever. And nothing I was doing was working to help me feel better And, uh, you know, just really started down that rabbit hole. And then it got to a point where I had figured out what my diagnosis was. I was getting on a protocol. I was working with the right doctor. Um, I felt really comfortable with that. But at the same time, I had completely lost my life. I didn't really have a whole lot of friends or social life anymore. Um, I had in the process of this illness um, gained 40 pounds um, I didn't have like clothes that fit or didn't really want to get clothes that fit. I was just in this really negative headspace with my body. Um, most of the days I like had to go right back to bed as soon as I woke up because I was so fatigued. 
uh, I had my own business that I wasn't able to maintain because I was so fatigued and had this intense brain fog where I couldn't even remember simple words. Uh, so it was just like, it's like, it really takes a toll on your life. And I got to this point, whereas now kind of, I see it as my rock bottom moment where I was like, I can, literally can't live my life like this. Like something has to change. I cannot spend another day feeling so bad and not just bad physically, because that was one thing, but it was like the mental and emotional toll that it took on me. Like it got me to this place I have never been before and never want to go back to emotionally and mentally. And that's when I really had this breakthrough moment. You know, I spent, I remember this day so clearly. I spent the entire day, it was a Sunday, spent the entire day crying, just crying, crying, like could not stop crying. And then I woke up the next day and it was almost like I just needed to release that because then it became so clear to me what I needed to do. And I knew then that I needed to work on my mind. Like, yes, my physical body was being taken care of by the work I was doing with my doctor, the protocol I was on. Uh, I was also using a ketogenic diet to help with my symptoms and to heal my body quicker. So I knew all that and all that was going really well. Um, but my mental and emotional space was still a wreck and it wasn't getting any better and it was keeping me stuck. So uh, that's when I really just dove into the, the mindset world, uh, mindset and spirituality, emotional health, vibrational energy. I mean, it was just this like snowball. <laughs> like I read one book and then it turned into like 20 books and then it turned into uh, look, watching all this stuff on YouTube and doing all of this practice myself and just completely changing my life in order to get to this place of wellness that I was looking for. And like I said, just I just did not want to have another day like that ever again. And I wanted to get my life back. And, you know, that was three and a half years ago now. And it's been just like such a huge part of my journey. And it was a really personal thing. And I kept it really private. I didn't talk about it a whole lot while I was, you know, in this world of nutrition and a ketogenic diet. And that's something that I specialized in for quite a few years was teaching a ketogenic diet to women. And I had all of that, but in the background, I was really working on something else for myself that I didn't, I mean, to be honest, at the time, I didn't really feel comfortable sharing it because I didn't know how it would be received. And, um, you know, it's just easier to talk about like what food to put on your plate, I think yeah. sometimes. But then it just got to this point where I was working with so many women, like thousands of women. And there was such a like undeniable sense of what was really going on and what was really missing, what was really wrong as to why these women were trying everything uh, just being so diligent about their diet and their supplements and doing all the testing and getting everything done and physically doing everything they knew how to do that they were being told to do or had heard to do or whatever. And they were still not well. Um, they were not getting the results they were looking for. They were not feeling any differently. They had new symptoms come up after some old symptoms went away or they'd feel better for a while and then they'd slide backwards. You know, it just was like the story after story after story. And for me, the more work I was doing in the background on my own self, it became like this thing that I just couldn't keep quiet any longer. I'm like, wait, wait, I know what you're doing. I know what really needs to be uh, fixed here. What we really actually need to look at is something that you are just totally missing the boat on. And you don't even know that that's mm -hmm. something really that you should um, should be looking at in this attempt to heal your physical body 
there's a lot more that you need to be looking at than what you're currently doing. So that's when I kind of tacked on the mindset coach uh, to my practice. And that's really what I focus on now because it, for me, you know, it made such a huge impact on my own life and my own health. I've never been healthier or happier or more at peace in my own life. And that's not just with um, like my physical body and my, my health. That's with like my, um, my finances and my love life and um, my business and my family life and my, com- uh, my community, you know, like my friendship circle, like everything is so much better because of the work I've done on my mind. And um, so now it's just like, I just know that this is what, you know, luckily there's people like you too in this circle. We're really just starting to talk about it a lot. And we're still really trying to make this a mandatory part of our practice in working with people and clients. Um, And there's more and more people like that coming about because it's just like, we're missing a huge piece of the puzzle if we don't. I think we're all kind of realizing that and that's where I'm at. And I really think it's kind of the first thing. Like you can, you sure you can work on some supplements and your diet and stuff if you want to, in addition to yeah. this, but at minimum, you have to be working on your mindset along with this other stuff, or even at the beginning and then see what you need to do after you've kind of gotten a hang of this stuff. So that's kind of, you know, very long story about as short as I could possibly make it, <laughs> but that's me. <laughs> no, I love it. And I mean, I just, I relate to your story so much. And I think, you know, we've reached a kind of a similar evolution. And I think now, you know, I know all this about how I needed to change my mindset and tap into intuition and all of this, but I look back and I think I would want to say, I wish I knew this three years ago, but Mm -hmm. even if I, someone had told me this three years ago, like I wasn't going to listen. And I mean, I was exposed to it, but I wasn't going to listen. And so part of me almost feels like, like I had to hit rock bottom to even be open to hearing this. Do you feel the same way? Yes, for sure. And, you know, like we talked about, we don't wish people to hit rock bottom, but it seems like that's kind of where a lot of people have to get Mm -hmm. in order to really take this seriously because it is super hard work. Um, It is, you know, non-conventional work, I guess, too, still at this point. And it takes time and effort and energy to do. And, And quite honestly, it's almost easier just to take supplements and change your diet and do all this stuff than it is to really do this deep dive work. And for me, I spent most of my life in this very superficial headspace where it was like, eat 1200 calories a day, like spend every single day of my life trying to lose a few pounds, even if I didn't really have to, or, you know, it was just like, Mm -hmm. let's just see what the scale will do. Uh, It was just so... um, that was my life. That is how I grew up. And that was what kind of just kept going into my, you know, at this point, I guess it was like young thirties. I was, it was me. And when I really had to let go of that, because when you get to a point where you feel so crappy and you're sick, or you might not even be physically sick, but you just are not happy Mm -hmm. and nothing you do makes you happy. Like you can't ever just feel good, Uh, like mentally and emotionally, when you just get there, you really have to start kind of taking off some layers and you have to start really looking into yourself and like, what is really going on here? And that's what I had to do. Like I had to let go of everything I had structured for myself. And that's kind of part of the mindset work is to really understand 
the stories that you have in your head that have been there for probably most of your life and understand them and see where they're coming from and call them out and, you know, like change your tune, change your own tune, change what you say and how you speak to yourself and all that stuff. And it, it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't gotten to this point where like, that's all I wanted. All I wanted was just a day of happiness and peace. It wasn't like, I need to look a certain way. I have to eat a certain amount of calories. Like I have everything that I thought I knew no longer mattered. And I think it takes getting to that rock bottom point for a lot of people before you realize what really matters, you know? And I think that's kind of why it does take getting to that point before people listen sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And I think to your point, like you have to kind of start peeling back the layers and do that deeper work and go back, back, back. And I was just telling someone, I'm like, sometimes you have to go backwards to move forwards. And Mm -hmm. I know in my journey, like this is a constant process for me because I've, I actually like repressed a lot of memories from my whole childhood. And I think whenever you're dealing with autoimmune disease in particular, or just chronic health issues or going through these cycles with your health where it gets better than worse than better than worse, there's something further back Mm -hmm. that we have to dive into. So I'm curious for you, is there anything that you felt like triggered, triggered that for you in childhood? I think um, I just grew up in a situation that was very much um, focused on like being perfect Mm. um, and trying to do your best, trying to be your best. Uh, Like we had to basically get perfect grades. We had to um, act perfectly, like no lashing out, no loudness, no nothing. Like we just had to be perfect. And um I see now that what that then led into is that I tried to do that in every aspect of my life and as an adult, and this is really where it culminated for me with this first, um, you know, my first autoimmune disease diagnosis, I was then in a career, like trying to build a career. And I was a manager of a big uh, corporate gym environment, managing the, the gym. And it was super stressful, first of all. But also I felt like I needed to prove myself, you know, like I felt like I needed to find, be perfect. I needed to, you know, be basically the teacher's pet and try to get all my managers to love me and all the district managers to love me. And I just put all this pressure on myself. And uh, that's, I, again, don't know this until now, like 15 years later, however long it's been, that that's what I was doing. But it ends up manifesting itself physically and, and really trying to teach me to undo all of that. So it did, you know, that was kind of the first thing I had to let go of because I also then attributed that to my body. Like my body had to be perfect. My workouts had to be perfect. My diet had to be perfect. And I also grew up in um, an environment and not just in my family environment, but even with the group of friends that I got into, uh, you know, in middle school, we started dieting. And that's all we did was talk about how much we hated our bodies, how much, how ugly we were, how, what we needed to change, how much weight we needed to lose. And we were like 13 years old. Um, and so, and I, I was also, you know, my parents were very health, you know, quote unquote health conscious, which at the time it was the eighties and nineties. So that was fat free. That was low calorie. That was, um, you know, going to aerobics class, those kinds of things. And so that was something that was also very prominent in my world. And, you know, when you mesh the two together, then you spend your whole life trying to be, trying to have the perfect body as well. And I had to kind of let go of that because what you find out in both of those scenarios is at the end of the day, it has this message of, I'm not worthy. You know, like I don't deserve 
X, Y, Z until I'm perfect or because I'm not perfect or because um, I didn't do this perfect perfectly. You know, it's like yeah. all of that when you really keep, again, pulling off the layers and going deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, you start with like, why, why do I act this way? Why do I put so much emphasis on this? Why is this so important to me? Or why do I do this uh, when I do that? You know, it's, there's so many questions, but for me, it just, as I kept doing that digging and this took like months, you know, a really long time for me even to get to the point where I understood that I was trying to be perfect that I was putting that towards my body and then trying to have the perfect body and trying to do everything perfectly. And basically what it had done is caused my body to completely react and completely make it impossible to reach that perfection. It's almost like your body tries to teach you in a way, you know? Yeah. So yeah, unraveling all of that and understanding it. And then, you know, that's of course, hugely difficult for so many people. Um, but really important to do. And then from there, it's kind of um, calling it out. Like that's what I like to think of it as when you understand these stories that you've had, then you kind of have to call BS on them. Like, you know, like you see it in action and be like, oh, now I'm doing that and that's what I'm doing and that's not actually true. And I don't have to believe that. I don't have to even think that so I can kind of change my story and change my tune. And I get to decide what I think in this scenario, not this story that has been lodged in me for 30 years. So so it was going through that whole process for sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's not easy work. And I think also Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to discuss, you know, going through that when you have a very like public platform and you're helping so many other women. And, you know, I like last year, I felt like it was my year of cocooning in and figuring myself out and working through like all of this brain rewiring mindset change, like, like overcoming the mold too. And I felt like to balance that, I had to just kind of retreat in and all my content was more of just like, eat this, like Mm -hmm. very surface level, because I couldn't focus on myself and unravel things for myself while I was still trying to give everything to everyone outside of myself. So I'm curious how you kind of balance that. And if you felt that too, like when you're, you know, teaching all these women, you have like amazing programs that you put out there and content and you're going through your own shit. Like, how are you balancing that? Oh yeah. I mean, it's so... I don't want to say surface level, but kind of, it kind of is. It's what you know. It's what you can uh, put out without the least, um, without taking, I guess, the least amount of energy from yourself, yeah. right? So it is, it's a protection mechanism. It's to protect our own energy while still being able to help people in the way that we want to help people. But yeah, for me, it was teaching keto was very easy for me. It was very comfortable. It was very natural. I knew the answers to the questions. I had, you know, uh, like answered the same questions 20 times per day. So it was autopilot almost. But that gave me the space to work on myself when I was behind the scenes, you know, and to continue doing this work and this digging. So like what people don't see is the meditation that I'm doing every day. And the um, journaling that I'm doing every single day and all this extra work that I'm putting into, like the YouTube videos I'm watching and listening and taking notes on, all the books I'm reading constantly and the Mm -hmm. notes I'm taking on them. So that was really just something that, like I said, I wanted to keep that private. And now I'm I'm putting it out there because I, I feel like I'm ready and I feel like it actually expands my energy to talk about it than it does take away from 
But if that wasn't the case when I was, you know, a couple of years ago, still really working on this myself and still having to, it takes, it does take a lot of energy. Like it takes a lot of effort and energy to do this and just a lot of writing and um, figuring things out and, and asking yourself the tough questions. So yeah, it, it was definitely kept private, but at the same time, I still, I always do love the connections that mm-hmm. I make through my community. So I was still making sure to be open and uh, there for them and what they needed. Yeah. Uh, because for me, that builds me up and that makes me feel really good and, and just, you know, gives me in a high vibe place to be able to connect with people in that way. But it just wasn't about this personal work. It was about things that I found, you know, kind of like I said, this autopilot reaction that I could give so that I kept some energy for myself. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize how much time it takes. Like for for so long, it's like so much of my day was that personal work. Mm -hmm. It was the meditation, the journaling, the seeing different types of healers, like talking and figuring myself out. And I think a lot of people, they think they're doing the work and I'm like, okay, but journaling for 10 minutes every day, like, isn't really the work. Like Mm -hmm. it does take time. And I think it's like, it's important for people to, to recognize that. And I also wanted to talk to you about like kind of the keto space in general, because I think this has been a very interesting, interesting shift. Yes. Like I, I love, I think the ketogenic diet can be so incredible for healing uh, for the right person, but it just diet culture has infiltrated everywhere. And it was really interesting for me to see like your audience. Like I would look at some of the questions people would ask you and I'm just thinking, Oh my God, <laughs> they're like taking this way too far. Like it's gone out of control. Yeah. Like, and I'm just curious, like how you, how you kind of handled that as it was all coming at you and you're like receiving these questions. And it was almost like the keto space had, had become a beast that like no one could tame. Exactly. <laughs> that is the exact right thing for sure. And I was like, I'm out. I'm out of here. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was it was such an interesting, and it still is an interesting thing. I mean, the amount of times I would read a question and then look at my partner and be like, I don't really know what to do. Like, I yeah. don't know what to do. This has gone way too far. I'm in way too deep. This is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we all see it as practitioners and anyone in the health and wellness space can see it. There's no knows anything about keto. A few years ago, it was a healing, like wonderful healing tool mm-hmm. for women or anybody to use to heal their bodies for specific purposes. And it really works to help heal your body. But then, of course, diet culture gets a hold of it and the diet industry starts marketing the heck out of it as it being this weight loss protocol. And it just kept spiraling. And the I spent so much time and so much energy telling people that that's not what it was. That's not its purpose. And there is no guarantee of any sort of weight loss. Um, and it, nobody heard it. <laughs> it was yeah. like, I know I see your lips moving, but I'm not paying attention to you. And I just, I, you know, talking about energy, I felt like I was putting out so much energy and getting nothing. Like I felt drained. I was getting yeah. nothing back. It was draining my energy. And then it got to the point where it physically, like I have no other word to describe it, but I just felt icky. Like mm-hmm. I would get those questions and I still get those questions and I see them and I just feel gross because yeah. it is so not 
even remotely and never has been anything remotely like what I believe and what I um, would stand behind if I knew what it was going to become. So uh, it was time to get out. And it really, it happened at the perfect time because I had said everything I needed to say. I felt very complete in what I wanted to teach and what I wanted people to know about keto. I was done with my own journey through keto and I had something bigger on my mind. I had something more to teach. My journey was taking me elsewhere. So it happened at the perfect time. And uh, now that that's over, yeah, it's, it's just now looking back, it's like, I'm so uh, happy for that experience. And I know it was part of my journey for a reason, even just to show me the work that really needs to be done mm-hmm. in the health space, you know, to take me to that next level. But it also uh, leaves me a little bit sad because I think there are so many people abusing something that could be so great. And it's getting a, a different rep, rep and a bad rep that it does, you know, keto doesn't deserve because that's not, that was never the intention ever for that type of, you know, that way of eating, that healing protocol. So um, it's just such a fascinating, fascinating thing. What like a $58 billion industry, which is the diet industry, mm-hmm. what that can do to something. It just yeah. blows my mind, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's misunderstandings about it in all directions, because if I talk to somebody outside the nutrition space, they either think, oh yeah, that's how you lose weight or, oh, I heard that's really dangerous and can kill you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then even people in the health, the health space, it's just all about weight loss. Or I feel like fasting has gone out of control. It's like, everyone just wants to fast for a week now. And I'm like, guys, like, (laughs) yeah, I know. I know. And it's really, it's sad. Um, And it's scary because I don't think people even remotely understand the damage that they're doing to their bodies when they force not eating, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's not uh, how we should be handling our situation. And even worse, that it's all coming from this desire to change your body. Mm-hmm. And so then really what's at the core of that? So that means every single person has something else deeper that's kind of resulting in that really extreme behavior that is, you know, that, that behavior is just rooted in something they don't even know exists in these like stories and the limiting beliefs and what they, they think about their bodies and their diets and who they are and all this stuff, all those stories. And that's what it's like, okay, we have a really big thing on our hands here for this many people to be willing to take such extreme measures to change their physical bodies. Uh, and just literally not eat. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's what I really am like, man, we really have some work to do here. And just going on a tangent here, what's so um, hard for me, and I don't know if you see this or not in, in your community, but it's so hard for me. And to be honest, I went from a, like I did a pretty major pivot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like talking about keto to like never talking about food again. Yeah. So I understand, but there's just so much um, resistance to this kind of work. There is so many barriers and just like brick walls up as soon Mm -hmm. as you talk about like, yeah, but what really is going on behind the scenes here? Like what really are those thoughts in your head? Where do they come from? Why do you have them? What emotions run through your body throughout the day and why? You know, like any kind Mm -hmm. of work beyond like put this, this and this on your plate and eat it and you might lose weight is 
is really hard for people to want to wrap their heads around, you know? Yeah. I think it really depends why they're looking into this space. Like, I, cause I feel like a lot of people in, in your community, it's like, because you're so well known in the keto space and they're coming to keto for the weight mm-hmm. loss. Yeah. And people who are going at it for the weight loss more often than not, you know, they're just trying to change their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why they're more resistant. Whereas like, I don't actually face that much resistance in my own community. I more of see it outside because I think a lot of people like, I never really talk about weight loss. So my, like a lot of the people in my community are more like chronic illness. And they're like, they're at that place where I was at where I'm like, I will freaking do anything yes. like God source. Like tell me anything. I will, <laughs> yeah. I will rub leaves off all over my face and like run in circles and <laughs> sprinkle essential oils on my body. If it heals me, yes. you know, like, so I feel like I don't have as much resistance there. Um, but I think like the pivot you made is, is like tough for people to wrap their heads around, but it's also what they need, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I think that's what makes me like, so like, because yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can't, you have spent the past 30 years on a diet trying to lose weight and mm-hmm. we need to unwrap that, mm-hmm. you know, like there's something way more there and even more so you've spent 30 years not fully living your life, right? Because you've been reaching for the next diet, the next fad to try to lose five pounds or lose 10 pounds. So yeah, it's, it's partly that just kind of a strong desire to show people what's actually missing. Um, But at the same time, I think we all know that you, and I learned this a long time ago, that you can't force people to want to change, right? They have to come to you when they're ready. We're going to take a brief pause from today's episode because I want to tell you about one of my favorite companies in the world, Four Sigmatic. I use Four Sigmatic's products every single day and they've made a huge difference in my life. You've probably heard that functional mushrooms have so many potential health benefits from immunity, energy, longevity, cognitive enhancement, stress management, and more. And Functional mushrooms have been used for centuries. A lot of people just don't know how to use them. And that's why I love Four Sigmatic. They make drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do with their mushroom coffees, mushroom superfood blends, and mushroom elixirs. You just have to mix one of their single serve packets with a cup of hot water or nut milk. You can also add them into smoothies or shakes or even pour them on top of your food. And they're the highest quality out there. They're all made with wildcrafted or log grown and certified organic mushrooms. And everything is tested for pesticides, heavy metals, irradiation, mycotoxins, and other factors. I like to start my morning off with their matcha latte mix or their mushroom coffee. I love that because it gives me the coffee without the jitters. There's only 50 milligrams of caffeine per serving, and I get the boost of the lion's mane for my brain. And then throughout the day, I'll have the cordyceps if I want extra natural energy without any caffeine or if I have an extra hard workout. I'll have the chaga if I want a boost in my immune system, or I'll have the lion's mane if I want even more support for my memory and concentration if I'm really in the work zone. And then I like to finish off my day with their reishi, which is amazing for reducing stress and promoting sleep, or I'll have their mushroom hot cacao mix, which is mixed with that reishi. These elixirs are so delicious and you're getting extra health benefits. I cannot recommend them enough. And if you want to try them out, just go to foursigmatic.com slash CRW and use my code CRW for 15% off. Again, that's foursigmatic.com, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash CRW and use my discount code CRW for 15% off. Now I'm going to get back to my cup of Four Sigmatic and I'll let you hop right back into this interview. 
I also though wanted to explore with you this middle, this middle ground space that I think a lot of people in my audience relate to where, and I think you probably do too, especially when you are struggling with the chronic inflammatory response syndrome and you had put on all this weight and it's like you were using the ketogenic diet to heal and you were changing your like diet lifestyle, all this to heal. But at the same time, you also feel uncomfortable in your body because you're carrying on all this extra weight. And I think there are a lot of people who they are after health, but then they also start to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. with their body as, as things are changing. And it's not necessarily just one or the other, if that makes sense. Right. And sure. I like, I would love to hear more about your experience with that, like mentally, emotionally, and how you got through that period. Yeah. So for me, after that rock bottom moment, which is when I was like, I just need my life back. I consciously made the decision that I was going to choose and work on acceptance, like full on self-acceptance. No, I didn't even recognize myself in the mirror. I didn't fit into any of my clothes. I couldn't do the workouts I was used to doing or the activities I was used to doing. There were so many things that were different for me, like completely different life. But I didn't, at that point, it had gotten so bad that I just wanted to feel like normal again, any semblance of my normal life, Mm -hmm. which meant that I needed to buy clothes that fit. (laughs) And I wanted to buy clothes that I actually thought were cute. And so, you know, doing a short sort of shopping spree at my new size that I had been putting off forever and just like wearing basically t-shirts and shorts. So doing, doing things like that and then, you know, like physical things like that. But then the amount of work I did on my mindset, my mental and emotional space with that, which was so hard. And it was a combination of learning more about the law of attraction and manifestation and using your emotions as um, basically a a tool to, and I don't know how much you guys talk about law of attraction here on your podcast, but basically using your emotions as a tool, you know, to connect with the universe or your higher power, using the vibration or the frequency of vibration of that emotion to attract more of the same. And So I applied that to both my health and my body. Uh, And I started really working to feel the way I wanted to feel in my body, which is not like, oh, I want to feel skinny. Like that's not a thing. But I wanted to feel confident again. I had lost all my confidence. I really felt like every time I went out in public, people were staring at me, which is not the case. But I wanted to feel confident again. Um, I wanted to feel comfortable in my body again. These kind, I wanted to feel, uh, I guess, um, active or, or um, I don't know what the the right word would be, but it, the ability to be active. So I wanted yeah. to feel feel all of that. So I worked on building up those emotions in myself now. So it wasn't like, um, oh, all of a sudden I feel confident. I'm just going to pretend I'm confident. It wasn't that, but it was finding the other things in my life that I did feel confident doing and really making sure I felt that confidence. So for me, I always felt confident when I was uh, teaching, like when I was recording podcasts or when I was teaching in my course or when I was talking to people on Instagram stories or writing blog posts, anything like that, basically for my job. That's when I felt super confident because I knew the material really well. I knew it was going to help so many people and I loved it. 
So mm-hmm. I just, when I was, because that work was going to happen no matter what, those actions were going to happen no matter what. But when I was doing them, I made it um, a point to really feel that confident, to really find any other way in my life that I could feel that confident. So that was one thing that I did. The second thing, because I mean, that works quite a bit, but it doesn't always work. Sometimes you're like, just no, I do not feel comfortable no matter how hard I try right now. So then the other thing I did was to just overall raise my vibration because I was so low, like so, so low. I was constantly spending all of my time worried, scared, upset, frustrated, annoyed, mad, like all the negative emotions, usually more than one at one time, right? Mm -hmm. Like most of my time was spent there. And I just, I was done. Like I was so done doing that. And I wanted to feel higher vibe emotions more often. So then that's just what I did. I just spent as much time as I possibly could feeling as good as I could in that moment. Now, sometimes when you're like really ill, you're really uncomfortable. The most that you can go is from like, oh my God, I hate everything about this moment right now. I despise what's going on to like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm, you know, just like almost feeling feeling angry instead is better than just this despair, you know, Mm -hmm. like just I'm angry at what's going on or then it turns into, you know, yeah, I feel uncomfortable, but I'm going to just kind of go sit here and sit with it, which then becomes more like boredom or something like that. You know, just trying to like work myself out of those really bad emotions and work my way up to things that were, that felt better. Um, And there were so many times, like I remember when I was really working on this stuff and I was still super uncomfortable uncomfortable in my body. I would just go on a walk. I would go, there's this little like lake type thing, has beautiful um, trees, just so pretty. And there's a nice little path around it. And I would just go there and I would just totally forget everything else except how beautiful it was there and how good it felt to just be in that piece, to just be there to accept the moment, to live the moment, to smell the air and just walk around in the sun. You know, it's like those little things that when so much isn't going well, those little moments mean so much and they really do raise your vibration overall. So like, it doesn't always have to be like going for the exact emotion that you're trying to get by wanting that thing. It can also just be overall feeling as good as you possibly can. And that was really what I did in those moments where I was like, oh my gosh, this, I like, this is awful. Then I would just completely change my perspective. I wouldn't even try to think better about anything else. I would just go to the place where I knew I felt really good all the time uh, and doing that kind of thing. So that stuff, it's, it's like, it makes you just be able to accept the situation a lot better and accept your physical body better if you are in this place where you're not comfortable. And then when you truly, really do understand how this all works, then you really, truly do understand and see changes that start to happen. Like it wasn't that long of me doing all this stuff before I got more comfortable in my body and my body did also start changing. And like, no, I'm not saying to do any of this for weight loss or anything like that, but you do start seeing things physically change when you work on your mental and emotional health too. So that's all I will say. But 
it, it was a process and it will always be a process, right? But to be able to find this acceptance for yourself and your body um, for the situation, to stay in the present moment. Um, there was also so much work on self-love and self-respect at that point too. So much work on body neutrality. And I know we talked about this uh, um, when I uh, interviewed you, but the just being able to look in the mirror and be like, okay, I don't have food in my teeth. Um, all my all my parts are covered. My yeah. hair doesn't look like a total ratty mess. All right, I'm good. Yeah. And be able to see that and not like the 40 extra pounds. That was really important and really helpful for me too. Like there's just so many different things that you can do to um, you know, not only feel more comfortable in your your physical body at that time, but then also start changing things, start making some shifts. Uh energetically and mentally and emotionally and all that stuff too. Yeah. And I love that you share that because I think this is, this is one of the things that frustrates me the most about people talking about manifestation where they make it seem like you just pretend like you're happy and that attracts unhappiness. I'm like, that's not how it works. Like you don't just pretend like you're happy. If you don't believe it, if you're not feeling the emotion, you're not feeling like a higher vibration, you're just pretending to, it's not going to work, you know? And it's like at the root of it, if you don't actually have self-worth, self-love, it's not going to work anyways. You can't just smile your way into, into feeling better, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. I mean, a smile might help a little bit. For yeah. A but yeah, you can't fake, I, I say this all the time, you can't fake a vibration. Like mm-hmm. you can't pretend to be happy. You can't pretend to be at peace um, or feel freedom or anything like that if you don't actually feel it. You've got to just see what does feel okay. Like what can I actually feel, like really truly feel right now? And it may just be like a tiny bit better. And that's, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, I will say one other thing I didn't mention though that I, I still use to this day. And this was really something that helped with the acceptance and you know just overall body acceptance was just realizing that I'm so much more than a body. Like, mm-hmm. yes, my body is here for me right now, but it is my vehicle that takes me through my life, that it ha- really gives me the ability to fully live and ab- embrace a human experience, which is pretty amazing. So I, in this, if someone's not into this kind of thing, it might sound super woo-woo, but it is so, such a profound thing for me at least to realize and to continue to remind myself when I do get in this trap of like, oh, I fat roll. I mean, cause it happens, whatever, like my fat rolls are over my jeans and whatever I've my mind decides to say at that point. Um, but to be able to go back to this thing of that is not me. Mm. Like my body is a, is a part of me, but it's not me. And it's not something that defines me in any way. It's just getting me through this life, which is pretty cool. And I guess, again, the more you can practice this acceptance piece, the more things just all fall into place and all of this stuff these kind of thoughts start becoming more habitual and you really truly do start feeling that, that acceptance. Yeah, definitely. And I'm curious looking back, you know, a lot of people listening to this are finding out they have mold illness and people ask me all the time, what do I do? Which is a whole question of its own, but you know, looking back, what do you think were, were the main things that helped you heal? Do you feel like this mindset work was the most important piece? Oh, for sure. Yes, for sure. Because, um, gosh, I just wonder what would even have happened if I hadn't done that. I'd probably still be mm-hmm. sick, to be honest. Uh, because it, like I said, I was in such a bad place. 
And if you have been diagnosed with mold and you've joined any of the Facebook groups and it's oh. like constant <laughs> negativity, it's like, oh my God, I'm literally never going to get better. I like, yeah. I have no chance because it's just constant information that is all negative. And I just spiral. I continue to continue to spiral and spiral. And I think that getting rid of all of that, all of the outside influence for one thing, but then also those thoughts that are continuously in your, your head that are really scary thoughts. Like I may never feel like myself again. I may never look like myself again. I may never find a place to live again. Like that can really cause a lot of fear and anxiety and stress. And then you're never going to feel any better, right? Like that stuff is going to continue to manifest physically in your body. So even if you're on um, the whole entire protocol, which I ended up doing the whole protocol, but even if you're on it, uh, I just, it's, you're not going to get anywhere, right? So yeah, I think without it, I, I would probably still be feeling feeling sick for sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's an important thing to point out. And I feel like in the chronic illness space, like there are so many people who are just stuck in that victim mindset. Yeah. And it's a whole process to get someone to just like switch that, you know, sometimes it's mm-hmm. like, I see people writing comments. And I just want to shake them and be like, you are not going to get better the more you tell yourself you're not. You know, you're just living like you're sick. So you're going to be sick. Exactly. Like you will always, and this was a really, uh, like another really important thing is when you're sick, you spend all your time thinking about how sick you are, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I don't feel good. This hurts. I don't have any energy. Um, you know, I, I'm gaining weight. You just go into this thing where all your thoughts are focused on how bad you feel and how sick you are. And you only attract more of that right? So then you're only going to continue to get to put into your um, existence more of the same. So you're going to continue to, if it's not this illness, it's going to be something else, right? Or it's going to go away and then come back or, or look a certain, dif- um, you know, look a different way. It's just, yeah, there, there's so much. And that's really where I love looking at this mindset aspect when it comes to health, because mm-hmm. there's so much more that we can do beyond just the physical. Like, neck down, we're good. We got all that. We know how to do the diet and all that stuff. But what are we doing in between our ears to yeah. heal our bodies? And that's what I find so, so fascinating. Yeah. Well, I also, you know, I wanted to ask you about, this ties in with, so, okay. I feel like a lot was going on with you at once. It was like, you were overcoming this, this mold illness and kind of doing all this mindset work uh, a, a pivot was kind of in the making <laughs> and you also came out about your relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would kind of, I would really like to talk about that and how that played into your healing process and like coming out publicly. And I, I mean, I, I feel like that, I don't know, not talking about that. Do you feel like that was also contributing to some of the sickness? Uh, no, actually, no, not at all. Um, thankfully, because yeah. I, um, well, I guess maybe I'll share first the story of how this all came to be. Like no one really ever asked me about this, which is so fascinating. Cause Tell I me the story. Oh, I really, want to know. A really cool thing about my journey. But in the process of letting go of how everything needed to look, mm-hmm. um, including my you know physical body, I just really releasing everything, releasing all my stories. Mm-hmm. That I also did the same thing about relationships and love. 
I had been struggling to find a partner. For, I was single for six years. I was in terrible relationships beyond that. Just I didn't have a good love life, I guess we could say. And I, along that way, you start creating in your mind how you want this to look, how you want your relationships to be, like what you want your partner to be, how you want them to act or perhaps even look and all this stuff. You start having this long list. And you're like, for me, as I spent more time being single, well, first of all, being in bad relationships and learning from those, but then also being single and going on first and second dates that were terrible and your list starts expanding. And my list had gotten so long about who I should be with and what my partner should look like and be like and act like and do and all this stuff that it was just blocking it all. So along with this mindset journey, I also released my list of my partner and what that should look like. And I instead made a list of how I wanted to feel in a relationship, like what feelings I wanted to have when I was in love, when I was with my partner, when I was doing these things like what I wanted to do with them, that kind of thing. So I have this list. I still have it. <laughs> it's so cool because literally like not probably like two months after making that list, I met my partner. And it wasn't even I met her because she was already my best friend mm. or like a very close friend of mine. It had been for a few years. But I was like, once I was able to release that and how things should look according to my mind, my brain, once all of that was gone and I had rewritten my stories, then I was able to see that what I wanted in a partner, it, I, it didn't have to look a certain way. It didn't have to be a certain gender. It didn't have to um, like make a certain amount of money or anything like that. It just had to be how I felt. And I felt that way with her. And so that's how we basically, you know, long story short, that's how we got together. But I had never been in a same-sex relationship before. Um, it was something that I had to release in order to find my true person. Uh, so I think that that is really a testament. And this can go, like, of course, I can go for love, but it can go for anything and how you truly find what your path is and what you're, you're meant to do and be and have on this earth when you let go of so yeah. much and when you let go of those stories. And that's what's hap what happened in my relationship. But for me, I actually, um, you know, getting into a same-sex relationship for the first time was the mo felt like the most natural and normal thing ever, which is the weirdest thing. I had really no um, barrier. I had no resistance. I had no anything because I wanted to feel that way. And I felt that way with her and still do. And so um, it really did not provide any sort of weight or negativity or fear or anything like that in my life at all. For me, I think it's just something that I, we both wanted to keep private. My partner's a very, very private person. She freaking hates social media. <laughs> so like I've been allowed to post like three pictures of her total yeah. in our, like almost two years together. So for both of us, it was just something that we really preferred to keep private in those initial months to just explore it for ourselves. And it's like, kind of sounds like, oh, we're trying to be famous or something. No, it's not that. But you know, like you just kind of want some things to be private in your life. And so we, we chose that path. And, but I had no, I mean, it, I've never felt anything more comfortable or right in my life, you know, to yeah. go through that whole process. And I had no issues like 
telling my friends or telling my family or telling anybody. And of course, there was no backlash or like I didn't get disowned by anybody or anything like that uh, because, you know, I, I didn't have that emotion or that feeling with it. So it was a really beautiful and wonderful experience. And I'm so, so, so grateful for that because I know there are so many people in this world, unfortunately, that aren't allowed or don't, don't feel comfortable loving who they love. And like that breaks my heart because it shouldn't be that way. So uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my story with that. And you know, instead of it being a story of having to hold back, it's actually a story of letting go and seeing this mindset work in action. And really, I mean, I manifested her. I basically, that list that I still have is her, you know? And I, as soon as I let go of the thought that it had to look a certain way, there she was. So mm-hmm. it was really cool. Yeah. Well, so at what point in your healing journey did you guys start dating? I was pretty much, I, had, I was already feeling really good. Okay. I was feeling, I was keto still. Um, I had just kind of, um, let's see, like I, I was still, you know, doing all the things, but I was healed. Like I was, I was feeling really good. I was on the mend for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah I was just curious because I feel like for me, getting into the right relationship helped me heal so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And I think a lot of people who are going through some health issues, it's like, you don't feel like you want to go out and date or you don't, you don't feel like you're like, you know, like physically mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, this is too much. Yeah. And I kept getting like downloads that I was going to like heal overnight basically. Right. And one of those, you know, I had a few people like a download, like love is going to heal you. Mm-hmm. And I, when I met the right person, it was like my health improved so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just think that, I don't know, when we just let ourselves love the person we need to love, like it, it falls into place so often because it's that yeah. vibration, right? For sh- oh, for sure. I mean, love is the highest frequency of, of vibration there is, right? It's like our whole purpose here. And to feel that unapologetically and, and fully and truly, that is heal- so, so, so healing. And for me, I mean, I, because we were friends, she helped me through my healing journey for sure. Mm -hmm. And she was there with me and, and through that. So I, she was definitely a part of that. I think for me, um, because really things fell into alignment for me pretty quickly after I did this mindset work, but I'm so happy. And of course, everything always works out in the exact perfect time. I'm so happy I had that time alone you know, to do this work and to just really be like, all right, I'm just going to spend all day in my sweatpants meditating, (laughs) you know? And like, I don't want to have to say, like, tell, explain to anybody what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really glad that I had that. And then, you know, I felt, I was just really felt better so quickly at that point. And then, you know, she was icing on the cake essentially. And and now, uh, like, I just don't have, I have like no health symptoms. It's just, everything just feels so right. Yeah. I think it just goes back to like, how can you really bring in the right person if you haven't done the work to find yourself mm-hmm. first? Oh, not only to find yourself, but to love yourself. Yeah. Because I, I just cannot even imagine there is no possible way I would have called in her or the right person or anything, the right relationship in the state of mind that I was in. There is mm-hmm. no possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, doing that that work to really, truly love yourself, no matter what, then again, it's like, 
your relationship becomes icing on the cake again, right? It's just like, yeah, I already was feeling really good and feeling the love for myself. And then this person is just amplifying that. Like they're finding um, all these things that I love about myself, they also love about me. And um, I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I think also when you're talking about how like things just fell into alignment, like cracking this myth that, I mean, life doesn't have to be this constant struggle. Like, yes, there are parts that are difficult at times, but like, it's okay for it to be just easy and flow. Uh, Not only is it okay, but please. Yeah. everybody. (laughs) It was like the moment, this is always, this has been my, and I, you'd think I just know this forever, but I still, because I'm naturally this person that likes to like effort things, you know, because of my, my history with perfection and trying to be perfect and trying to do everything right. I get into these zones where I try to effort things, but every single time I just let go and let things happen as they should and know it's all going to work out. Hey, guess what happens? It all works out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I really did not need to stress about that, did I? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious, did your girlfriend also, like, was she on the same wavelength with all the mindset work as well? Yeah. Yes and no. She is definitely into mental and emotional health but she's not quite as quote unquote woo woo as I am as far yeah. as law of attraction, manifestation, you know, Abraham Hicks. Like I listen to Abraham Hicks every single morning and she's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Um, but so we have our differences, but we both still practice. Um, like it's, you know, we have our own mindset practices. We read our own separate books. Mine are a little more spiritual than hers are. But um, so yeah, we're finding, we have our own paths, I guess. So tell me a little bit more about your daily practices that you do now. Yeah. So for me, I, every single morning is kind of my mindset time. Um, I, in like kind of spirituality time, I guess I always start with meditation somewhere between like 15 and 20 minutes of a meditation. Sometimes it's a music meditation. Sometimes it's silent. Sometimes it's guided. It just kind of depends on what I need. And then I um, usually will put on YouTube and I'll sit with my cup of coffee and I either listen to Abraham Hicks or Wayne Dyer, um, Joe Dispenza, some, th- some sort of motivational reminder. Like this is the thing about mindset work that I wish more people understood is like, you have to do it every single day. Yeah. I've been doing this every single day and I still need it every single day. Like I listen to these things and I'm still like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I just mm-hmm. heard it the day before, right? Because we just constantly get into this real world environment where we forget some of these things. So yeah, I, I always listen to something, probably another 15 to 20 minutes of some sort of YouTube or something like that. And I take notes. I have my journal out. I take notes of what I'm hearing that really resonates with me that day. And then from there, I just journal. Um, it just it totally depends. Like there, I have so many different possibilities of things that I could journal. It just truly depends on what comes up. I just basically put pen to paper. And if it's kind of like more of a, I need to get something out then I'll, I'll do like a little brain dump. If mm-hmm. it's something that I just feel, I'm feeling really good. I'll talk about why I'm feeling really good and what I'm feeling and what I'm expecting to come into my existence, what I'm looking forward to. I, you know, kind of dream, my little dream segment there, whatever I feel like writing. And that's another, um, you know, it could be anywhere from like five minutes to 30 minutes, just depending on how much I want to write. Mm-hmm. So I do that kind of thing. And then I get started on my day. And really the rest of the day is me kind of doing mindset work on the fly because I think so much of it is, you know, I spend basically my whole day getting into alignment, like how I can make every single moment 
the best ever. And it might be if I'm just like sitting at my desk and I have to write an email or something. What can I do to make that experience really awesome? So it could be that I um, have some essential oils diffusing or I put on a, a candle or some really good music. I have um, tea next to me, which is whatever feels like that day is going to make me feel really good and make it fun. Mm-hmm. Then that's what I do. Um, I make sure to get outside every single day. Um, I'll take breaks and play with my dog or um, hug my partner or whatever. I do those kinds of things. Just It's like so much that I just do on the fly that is really just for me making the most of every single moment and really doing my best to stay present because I do have this monkey mind that comes in that we all do. And especially if we're even more so if we have a business sometimes, I think where you're just like constantly like, what am I supposed to be doing? Am I going to fail tomorrow? Is everything going to go away? (laughs) (laughs) These crazy thoughts that we have as entrepreneurs. Um, And so, you know, I I have that and I have to always just keep reminding myself and and reining it in and bringing it back to the present and finding what I enjoy. Uh, So that's really all I, I mean, I just try to make my life like pretty much as awesome as I can, which is nice. And then the end of the day I read, like I spend about probably an hour reading um, just some sort. I just, I love, love, love reading these kinds of books, reading about spirituality, reading about mindset work. I love it. I think it's amazing. Um, and I just basically, for me, I always think about it in more practical terms. Like I just, I don't know, for me, like getting into these like kind of quote unquote woo woo words and phrases and things like that, I just break it down. And sometimes I'll just get out my journal and kind of rewrite what they have or that major concept into yeah. something that I understand so that I can go back and read it. And I do go back and read my notes quite a bit too. So yeah, it, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's most yeah. of it's kind of just like on the go. Like what can I do in this moment, which is really fun. Yeah, no, and I love that. And I realized a few years ago, I was like, I have created this rule on myself where I can only be happy or enjoy something after I've done X, Y, and Z. I would be ah. like, oh, I have to finish this task so that I then I can reward myself. And you know, it was a few years ago when I realized I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, why don't I just have my tea while I do the work? Yeah. And then I like the whole process. And I think a lot of people, um, I think because there are a lot of people in business who tell you to motivate yourself with a reward. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's so backwards. Like, why are we making ourselves get through torture to reach enjoyment when we could just enjoy the whole process? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point. Right. And it really is. Like it's super hard. Again, especially as a business owner, it's like you have to do a certain number of things per day mm-hmm. before you feel like you've accomplished anything. And so, it, yeah, it's just, it's such a, again, mindset work for business is a whole different topic. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it makes it so much more enjoyable. And for me, uh, and I get this a lot, so many times people are like, I don't have time to do all this. <laughs> and for me, when I don't do my mindset practice in the morning, so when I don't take that 45 minutes or so in the morning, I waste so much time throughout the day. Whereas yeah. if I just do it and I get my head right and I get in the right headspace and I start the day feeling really good and being in alignment, I get like the same amount of work done in half the time. Mm-hmm. And then I have this much more time in my day. So it's really not about time because you're going to create more space in your life when you start doing this. And the only other thing I want to say, because there is of course always resistance to anything that it requires practice. Like <laughs> you're going to have to do this mindset work uh, your whole life. Like this is your lifelong plan for now and it's going to become a habit. But the cool thing is that it's really fun and it feels really good. Like it's not like 
you have to go to the gym every single day, even on the days you don't want to and you're sore and whatever. And it, like, it doesn't feel good. And you have all this resistance. Like, no, it feels so good. And it's so fun. Basically, we're just prescribing you to every single day, freaking enjoy your life. Yeah. Right? Like that is amazing. So that's where it's like, no resistance, please just do this. Just try it. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. And I think for me, I'm like, that is wellness. Like that is health. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't care if you're eating a perfect diet, if you are not happy and not enjoying your life, like it's not worth it, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that's so backwards. And I think that with this mindset work, I don't care who you are, what, what job you have, what career path you're on, like this will enhance your life. And mm-hmm. I think especially if you're in any type of work where you have to show up for other people, like especially other practitioners, like this is non-negotiable in my eyes. Oh, for sure. You cannot show up for, for your clients or teach people if you do not have the proper energetics, proper mindset, and you're not doing that for yourself. Um, so and I even think, just as yeah. a parent too, yes. like being able to show up for your family, like yes. you will not believe how different your, your um, connections and your communications are with your family, with your loved ones when you do this work for yourself. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So everyone listening, <laughs> you <laughs> need to start. Give it a try. <laughs> you need to start. Well, I also, I wanted to wrap up with uh, talking about your pivot. I think a lot of people listening are also practitioners and I think making a pivot, I mean, it's a big change and it can be scary. And I would love to hear a little bit more about what, what helped you finally pull the trigger and what that process was like for you. Um, <laughs> oh man, it is like such a wild ride. It is so scary. And I really have had to up my mindset practice for this entire time because there is so much fear involved. But at the same time, I've always been the person who I just can't, like there gets to a certain point where like, I just can't, like, I know I have a a message to share and I've got to go towards that message, even if it means giving up everything, (laughs) which is basically what happened. Um, So yeah, I mean, like I said, it also got to this point in the keto space where not only did I feel complete in what I had taught, what was out there, what else I could do, like I just felt done there, but I also felt like I didn't fit in anymore and I didn't want to fit in anymore. So I knew I didn't have a place there uh, and, um, I was so ready to pull, move away from that and to teach something that I really, truly was, and am still passionate about because I've always been the person, I mean, I like randomly started a personal training business and I had no idea how to be a business for, I like had no clue what I was doing. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to come to your house. It's fine. I'll, I'll charge you this much. And it was like, so not enough. Yeah. I barely covered my bills. You know, and I had no idea what I was doing, but I've always been the person who just keeps, like, I have these ideas and I'm like, cool, let's do it. I have no resistance. I'm just like, yep, let's do it. I'm going to start a new podcast. It's going to be great. I'm going to create a new course. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do this stuff because this is what I'm really into now. And this is what I know will help people. Like I've, I will always be in the business of helping people um, to the best of my ability. And of course that's going to change as things change. So, but it was um, challenging to say the least. It still is very challenging to say the least. It has been the ultimate test in everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to work out just as it should. I tell myself all of this multiple times per day and remind myself of this, but it is um, a practice and it's work. And it's a lot of actual work, you know, like true work, like completely changing your message, completely changing your website and everything behind the scenes to shifts and changes 
and your message changes. And um, I mean, it's been kind of a, my ego takes a hit every single time I post on social media or anything like that, because nobody listens. Um, there's like, it's total crickets, but that's okay. Because I know I'm willing to ride it out and I'm willing to let it be and see what happens because I'm so, I've never been so sure about being in a space in my life. Um, every single day I wake up and I'm so excited to do my work. Like I mm. cannot wait to start working mm-hmm. and to start creating this content for people and to start talking to people about what they're going through and that kind of stuff. So I know this is where I'm supposed to be. And I keep, yeah. I have got every single day I get signs that it, it is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, doing, doing that and knowing that and continuing to be passionate and that's it. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I'm such a big believer. Like you cannot have a business if it's out of alignment and like if it's in alignment, you have to keep doing it. And if you are waking up excited, like loving what you're talking about, like you, you just keep going. And I think also for anyone listening, like if you feel like you are creating content that is meaningful and you have all the passion and drive behind it and they're crickets, like I have come to discover that a lot of times when we're talking about things that are more difficult for other people to, to discuss, they don't respond, but it's hitting them internally, even if they're Mm -hmm. not replying. And I found that some of my most impactful posts for people, uh, it took me a few years to figure this out that where I felt like, wow, no one freaking responded to that. (laughs) Like there's nothing I find out later. Like those are the most impactful posts for people. And they, they come back to me, um, in a way that feels safe to them, whether that be a DM a year later or a message or becoming a client later on, like this post changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'll hear it about this like similar post. I'm like, wow, no one commented on that because they couldn't say anything right there publicly in a comment. They needed to internalize it. And like, that's why I just, you know, when you're, when your purpose is aligned and you are just putting out content that fuels your soul, I just feel like you can't go wrong no matter what the response might seem to be on the surface. And you will always know based on how you feel. Like I yeah. all, I have no issue because I have pure excitement every mm-hmm. single day. Like joy and excitement is my day. So that's, that's how you know. And, and you'll know when you get out of alignment too. And then it is a matter of being true to yourself and continuing to share a message that does feel good. So, um, and honestly, it just takes, takes the, the courage to do it. Yeah. Follow your passion and follow your purpose because that's the whole point, right? So Mm -hmm. that's what I had to do. Love it. Well, for the women who do have the courage to do this work, tell them where they can find more from you. Yeah. So everything I do is over on my website at seanminer.com. I also have a podcast called Unstuck that is all about this kind of work. And really what I aim to do is make it very like digestible and practical. So I take what might some might consider kind of quote unquote woo woo and really break it down into how it can fit into our real life, how we can really make it um, a tangible thing that we do. I give homework assignments every week and all that stuff. It's really fun. So that is, you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening right now, just search unstuck. Um, and I'm on Instagram all the time too, over at Sean Miner, And I answer pretty much every direct message. So if you want to chat, I'm there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sean, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I think this is going to help so many women and I really appreciate your time. Yes, Christina. It was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. 
Huge thank you to Sean for coming on the podcast. I hope you guys loved that as much as I did. I'm sure you did. Don't forget that you can connect more with Sean at Sean Miner on Instagram and on her website, seanminer.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it, love it, love it, and so appreciate it if you would share it on social media. Just take a screenshot and share it on your stories and tag Sean Miner, tag me, tag Wellness Realness Podcast. And that just always makes my day and helps other people find out about the show. And if you want more exclusive content related to the podcast and my life, all the behind the scenes information, then make sure you're following the secret Instagram account, Wellness Realness Crew. All you have to do to get access to that Instagram account is search for it on Instagram, obviously, and then DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to that account. And when I get that DM to the Wellness Realness Crew account, I can accept your request to follow and then you'll have access to all the behind the scenes things. And don't forget, if you want to connect with other listeners, you can join the Facebook group Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. I would love to have you there. That's going to be it for today's episode. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time. Bye.